Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guide books. So let's talk about gear on the trails for a second. Mm -hmm. Specifically gear for photography. You made yourself a lovely little purchase this year for yourself. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I did get a DSLR camera. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I felt like I mostly just wanted to photograph birds. Mm -hmm. And the iPhone is great for some things but like birds are most of the time pretty far away and they're only there for like a second right or they're they're moving right they're ephemeral that's kind of you know the beauty of birding right Mm -hmm. is that birds kind of just move appear and like you have like a a moment where the two of you get to intersect and Mm -hmm. like that's kind of very special yeah and so i was seeing other birders who were also like started out with binoculars and then started you know just snapping photos on their phone and then they also started like, there's a lot of layers to birding sure um i'm definitely in the place where it's like i go on intentional bird walks mm-hmm. i also record the birds that i see i use the you know the apps that are available i go for... to the hills <laughs> <laughs> that was day in the hills mm-hmm. yep but I has do, come to an, an end. end. Mm-hmm. I know. That's a beautiful prelude to mm-hmm. that song that mm-hmm. people forget to sing when they sing that yeah. song. But I don't know that that song exists without the prelude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was like the first time on a trail where it was like, okay, I'm packing a DSLR. Oh, yeah. It definitely was more to consider, yeah. um, even in just the travel with it. Like you had a lot to like, we've talked about gear before and we've talked a lot about what it is to hike on a trail, what it is that we have in our backpacks you know, everything regarding weight. This was just a definite added layer for you. And I've mm-hmm. I've traveled with my camera before, Your which is a mirrorless camera, yeah. which is great. And I love it. I've been but it using, doesn't yeah. have like a hyper zoom giant lens. On no. It. Could I get one? Yes. You could. It's like, yeah. a, it's a mid range lens. But yeah, I find that sometimes on the trails, when it's just photographing the landscape and the scenery, it becomes tiring to lug a camera along with you the entire time. And I think that even you, who really took the camera intentionally for birding, who, but was also shooting landscape and doing things yeah. like that, you would get, we'd get to the point where it was like, oh, God, oh, I'm just going to leave this in the car. Camera. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think kind of everybody yeah. who... <laughs> 
<laughs> Even Becky, I feel like, yeah, yeah has we've talked to her about yeah. that many times. Yeah. But of course, you know, the second that you leave of your course. camera behind, something amazing that yep. you would love to photograph of happens. Course. The way um, it is, it's Murphy's Law. I definitely did like invest in a little like clip for like my backpack strap. Mm-hmm. So that'll take like the weight of the camera, like that'll, it like clicks in there. Yeah. So it's like the strap like a is taking the weight, whereas so my neck doesn't have to. Yeah. So with the strap. And I still keep the chafe. strap around my neck. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't chafe. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's, new things to consider but yeah. I sort of am like well um, I do want to have a way to like you know document some things that you know I might be able to catch or see sure. or encounter yeah and um, I think along with that I think as a theme you and I have talked about this year it's investing in yourself like this is a hobby and a, yes. it's not even a hobby it's a it's a habit that you have intentionalized so this is just furthering that investment in yourself and your interests and oh, isn't certainly. that a beautiful thing it's a beautiful Beautiful thing. I'm looking for adventure. I want to follow on the trail or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails. Get up when the stars still fill the sky. Don't wake the sun. There's so much to be done. And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you I'll follow you We would like to acknowledge that while hiking and visiting the land, also known as Big Bend National Park, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Humanos, Cahucatan, Mescalero, Apache, Lions Apache, and Chizos people. So this is our first episode in Big Bend National Park. <gasps> I know. What um, a dream. <laughs> yes. Big Bend was a surprise in many, many ways. Oh, yeah. We stayed in an Airbnb in the middle of the desert. Yeah. It was a fairly primitive Airbnb. Yeah. Because we'll it talk had, a little bit. Of, we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about that yeah. later. But we did fly into El Paso. Yeah. And we drove the four hours down to Big Bend National Park. And switched time zones, no doubt. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> we started in Mount and yeah. then ended up back in Central. Central. Yeah. So Big Bend is not going to lie. It's it's uh, not as visited remote. of a park because it's fairly remote when it comes to getting there. But like, so worth going yeah. to. You can fly to El Paso or you can fly to Midland, Texas, I believe was the other destination. I mean, for and it's like three hours from there or something yeah. like that. Or two and a half. If, something like that. If you're lucky. But El but Paso is a little bit more um, traveled as an airport. Yes, so, yeah. But yeah. So we were staying in an Airbnb and be in a town called Terlingua. We actually had done a, a lot of research about the trip and we were able to talk to a few people before 
heading to the park to kind of just get a lay of the land to see what would be best. And it just made sense. There was like a suggestion of would we camp because we visited Big Bend in April, which was like the perfect time to go. Temperature. Um, temperature wise. Weather blooms of things. You know, that's always thrown out. Like, do you guys camp if you're flying? And it's, we haven't done it's that yet. It's hard to camp. It's it just bringing gear. Yeah. It's a lot to do that. And so we often opt to Airbnb and find a space that is close enough to the park so that it is easy for us to kind of get in and out and not have it be like kind of a a drag or drain on like us as far as driving distance goes. It's true. Now, since Big Bend is as far out as it is, after being there for the few days that we were able to be there and do all of these hikes, were I to go back, I would say let's spring for a room at the actual like inn. Yeah. By the like at the visitor center. By the visitor center. Yeah. A lot of people did that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even look into that. Nope. We kind of most of the time assume that those are booked up yeah. or very expensive. Very expensive. And so for next time, I think I would look there. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody who's asked me since, like, yeah. who's thinking about it. I'm like, well, check there first because yeah. if you can centralize yourself there, then like you are nearby the visitor center and the store and like you've got all the resources that you need there. Mm-hmm. And then you're also by all the hikes. Right. Except this hike that we're talking about today, which is the Lost Mine Trail. So we traveled from Newark through Denver to El Paso. Right. The Denver airport, we only had like a 42-minute layover. Yeah, it was um, something chaotic. Quick. And it was chaotic because a lot of people were trying to make that El Paso connection. Well, we had arrived early and there was a person sitting next to us who I thought was going to shake the plane apart with his leg because he had a tighter connection than we did. Mm. And we had arrived early, but they didn't have a gate for us. So they sat us on the tarmac for... Oh, yeah, that's right. A long time. And then it was Mm. sort of like a race to the next gate. It's Um, true. There was a guy that was running who looked like he was like, he was running pretty fast and asking his very small child or children, was it it multiple children, children to like keep up? Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, if we had to put money on who would abandon their kid (laughs) to uh, make a connection, it's this guy. Yeah. Home Alone 4. Literally. (laughs) 5, whatever it is. So we arrive in El Paso um, and it's a very cute, very small airport. yeah. We picked up a rental car. Which was easy. Very easy. There was no one in line. We could not travel with hiking poles because you can't bring those and carry on. Right. So we stopped and got some and um, also got some other provisions and sunblock and stuff. Yeah. Then we drove from El Paso toward Big Bend. This is literally a road trip that is mentioned in the Moon Travel Guide mm-hmm. road trip book by yeah. Jessica Dunham. Yeah. This road trip from El Paso to Big Bend. Mm-hmm. And so we literally did it and it was fabulous road yeah. trip. Yeah. We highly recommend. And this took us through Marfa, Texas. Which we dog-eared for another day. We're like, okay, Marfa's got stuff going on. We definitely want to stop back. We definitely want to see this. We did pass like the Prada store um, installation on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. We did pass the painted sort of um, billboard-esque figures of the movie Giant, which which was filmed. Um, So there's a lot of like neat kind of roadside-y things as you're approaching Marfa. Continuing on through Marfa, we ended up stopping at a Porter, which is a grocery store in the town of Alpine, which was essentially the closest town 
we were going to be to kind of civilization where it was easy to get things. Yep. Um, and this is sort of where we did our grocery shopping for the trip. Um, yep. Everything trip we needed. Our trip was only, we were only in Texas for about four days um, in total. So it was a re- relatively quick trip to Big Bend. Because it was a Saturday through Wednesday. We left on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And then we returned on a Wednesday. Yeah. So we get to our Airbnb, which is a little bit of a primitive place. It was kitschy. It was rustic. It had an outdoor bathroom. Yes. It was literally like a like a house in the middle of the desert. Yeah, like a, ca- a cabin, I would say. These yeah. desert roads to get there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they did say, you know, please get here in the daytime. It's yeah. easier to find it. We were totally comfortable there. It was like an A-frame with two stories. Yeah, we stayed on in the loft, which you had to climb a ladder to get up to. Exactly. And then um, the bathroom, including like there was a bathtub <laughs> and a shower, but the shower, there was no plumbing. So it was, it was a solar was shower. A solar shower. So you leave water in, an, in, in a, a jug, bag like a or a jug, jug yeah. to get warm during the day. And then you use that if you want to take a shower. And then it had a peat moss toilet. So you do your business. And then when you're done, you cover it with peat moss. And there was like a bucket of peat moss mm-hmm. right there. So yeah. we knew what we were signing up for. Oh, yeah. And um, honestly, fine. It was totally great. Fine. It was we also like a lot. the desert at night. Ugh. Oh, yeah. There were lots of things I to... Mean, the stargazing mm-hmm. here was... It's like, hi, please look up and see all of the stars in the sky. Yeah. Not just some of them, but yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was like. Yeah. So um, we got in... We got in late. We got in like at like 7.30 or 8. And it was... We had time traveled twice this day because we yeah, had gone from Eastern day. to Mountain to Central. We basically made dinner very like a very quick sort of dinner we knew we wanted to get up early and we knew that we were tired so we just kind of very quickly ate went to bed and realized that like the showering we would be doing would be like a probably like a full 24 hours from when we had showered last it was like we're not going to shower in the morning Mm -mm. we'll have to like wait and just be a little scuzzy but that is why... I think we did a wet wipe shower. Well, that was why. Like, <laughs> yeah. we lived on wet wipes this trip. Mm-hmm. And we had so many of them. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for them. Yeah. So the next morning, we got up and we were headed into Big Bend in order to do our first hike. And this was Easter Sunday. Something important yes. to note that will come up shortly. So... Yeah. This was us up at 5.30, eating breakfast, get into the car. It's still dark. And we head off onto the road. It did feel like those early glacier mornings when we were in Glacier. Yeah, just even just kind of the mountains um, as we started to approach. Because the Chizos Mountain Range is the thing that you're kind of seeing the most of, especially Mm -hmm. when you're approaching the park and then when you're in the park. It's also the only national park with a mountain range that is contained entirely within it. which Inside the borders of the park. Wild. Um, That was kind of cool. What we did know is that there's a very tiny, small parking lot available for the Lost Mine Trail. And this was a trail that literally everyone recommends doing. Mm -hmm. Everyone recommended doing this. It was like, it's on the top of everybody's lists. Uh, Big Bend is a park with a lot of trail options. Yeah, Lost Mine is something that is like sort of mid-tier to yeah, I'd say mid-tier. moderate yeah. to uh, difficult on that end of things. And so that is what we did. That's what we knew 
we were getting mm-hmm. ourselves into this day. We obviously wanted to get there early because there were only like 15 to 20 parking spots. Yeah. It took us about an hour to drive from the Airbnb Interlingua to the Lost Mine parking lot. We were fortunate enough to get there and find a spot at about 7 a.m. The lot itself was already almost entirely full. So yeah. At 7 a.m. Yeah. Just things to note. Hiking early and hiking often. Just working out. Working out favor. again. Again. <laughs> so Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. This was fun because we were using a lot of new gear. Yeah. For the first time on this trip. Mm-hmm. You had gotten a new backpack. Yeah. I had gotten a new backpack. We'd gotten new jackets. And like it was chilly this and morning. And we had new poles. New poles. And I had new boots. So yeah. it was like, it was a nice way to, you know, break in some new gear. Yeah. It was a good hike to do that on. For yeah. Sure. It was a chilly morning so we had to layer up and we put all of our stuff on and we started to head to the trailhead which is essentially like up the parking lot on an angle because there's a little bit of a downhill parking lot essentially the wild thing was so we get to the trailhead and it was just very strange we're reading the signboard there is this legend of the lost mine trail it's literally on the sign that what has occurred and the whole legend behind this is that Spanish explorers had found a vein of silver in this area and enslaved local people to mine it. And according to the legend, the workers eventually rebelled and killed their enslavers and sealed the mine entrance to prevent further exploitation. But so the legend goes is that the first light on Easter Sunday will reveal the location of the mine, <laughs> which was like, it was kind of weird to like, we we're like, oh my oh, God, it is we Easter it? Sunday. But I we're also, like way past first light. Yeah, yeah. You know? But also like, mm, okay, Easter isn't a fixed holiday. You know what I mean? Right. Like Easter moves. So I'm like, <laughs> I guess this other. is just like, like spiritual light. Like solstice or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's the right. spirit. We can be critical. Yeah, it's the exactly. light of spirit. Of, of old legends yeah but it was really cool to be like well this is like a very odd coincidence sure we'll just roll with it that we happen to be here on easter yeah. sunday yeah strange so that was very very wild yeah so the first section of this hike we are calling the gentle slope up to the saddle yeah which what's wonderful about this section after leaving the trailhead sign is that yes it is a gentle slope and we're, we're we were climbing up while we were making our way uphill mm-hmm. it was not the uh, grade wasn't terrible the grade was very nice yeah it was a very nice uphill grade it had gorgeous views over to the side this is a reason to get there early too because yeah while we weren't there for first light the light off of the landscape the light off of these rock formations and cliffs and mountains was unreal just beautiful uh, incredible it was like yes. it's the reason photographers you get up and do you know golden hour either in the morning or in the afternoon because the light really is just impeccable the morning light mm-hmm. right and this is ex- uh, such a great trail to do to really see why morning light is a thing that people swear by yeah and it really so much so had a, a zion feel to it which zion was, is also one of those places yeah zion national park a great place to hike In to really morning understand light. morning light yeah mostly because it's there's so much texture happening on all of the rock formations yeah. and all of the the mountains and all of the upshoots of rock happening yeah. all around that it's really just that light is capturing those in such a really special way mm-hmm. we're seeing this all along this like gentle slope up to the saddle there are some benches along the way too as far as like the landscape of this area goes it was like fairly sparse with some desert shrubs and there are some trees around but for the most part it was very open 
we're always looking over to the left, seeing the incredible view the whole mm-hmm. time. There are some stone walls too, and logs that cross the trail to help to prevent the washout. And I think the thing that like enamored me the most was the cacti, because I'm trying to like think of a desert park that we'd been to where we'd seen so much cacti, and it's really like a struggle for me. Like I feel right. like we've been to plenty of parks in the desert. But this was one where I'm like, oh, my God, this is just going to be cactuses all the way, all the way down. Yes. Yeah. And like, if you are someone like we are, who like you're doing a trail and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so now curious about cacti. And I've never been curious about cacti before. Big Bend is your place Mm -hmm. because cacti will come back around later. Yeah. Um, So do stay tuned to find out a little bit more about cacti. Cacti. Also. Um, Oh, Yeah. Uh, also all the birds like so we need to talk about this for a moment mm, yeah because big bend is not only a big major birding spot didn't know this when we were planning our trip to big bend found out before we went what mm-hmm. a big like birding spot it was one of the reasons i wanted to make sure to have a camera going to big bend specifically right. it has more birds in this national park than any other national park mm-hmm. in the entire system well because it's also an incredibly large migratory zone huge migratory mm-hmm. zone and because of that there are birds that one can possibly see in big bend that you actually won't see anywhere else yeah so it's a huge huge place for the birding community i was so alive for this i was so ready for this i was i was so excited about this because obviously i have a huge giant curiosity about birds that i think has spilled over into your curiosity too sure yeah and so can't help it now it's like when we're on a trail we hear every single bird make a sound thanks to the lovely apps that are available mm-hmm. we can know what those birds yeah. are and you know be able to identify <laughs> and, those birds and fully nerd nerd out about fully it fully nerd yeah. out yeah. about it so that was happening a lot on this trail in particular how yeah. was it for you i think you shot a little bit of film or shot a little bit of um, photos just with the camera prior to leaving like on some neighborhood walks in your neighborhood but how was it for you adjusting to because to Typically, as has been the case in the past, you've been audio recorder on the trail and I've been photographer. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we sort of had, you would always take photos and snapshots on your phone here and there, but how was the adjustment for you in this moment from like having to sort of like, plus also just like be in wonderment and amazement of the park itself, you know? So it's like, ideally, I think if we had all the time in the world, I think like the most ideal circumstance would be let's hike this trail today just to hike it with just us and our packs and then tomorrow come back and do it again and bring all the gear but we can't often do that no (laughs) and so because we can't often do that it's definitely a dance of i'm not just here on this trail or in this space right now to record what i'm seeing or record what i'm hearing i'm also here to take it all in because just as a person in this space sharing this space yeah somebody who wants to enjoy the space and not be like encumbered by other things that was fun and i also allowed myself a lot of you know sort of i was still i am still trying to understand the dslr camera everybody i think with one is always trying to sort of understand it better each time you use it so that was a thing i was still figuring out yep yep i was still figuring out things so i just was like i'm not like requiring myself to snap a million photos here i'm gonna snap a few but i'm also gonna be present yeah we did do a lot of stops to just listen to birds and and do some photos though and take some photos though this is where i 
was like in my element, as Dusty calls it, cat at midnight. I fully cat at midnighted here because the park is just, I mean, this was, we were hundreds of feet on the first trail, but it is just that magical and it is beautiful. Just being outside was just like, oh my God. (laughs) As we were winding up this trail, we were trying to figure exactly out, you know, where are we actually headed? Like, are we going here? Because like sort of directly above us, there was this almost looked like what would be a mesa if we were seeing it at eye level. But then there was like sort of a saddle off to the left, which is what we assumed we were doing. But we were just trying to kind of like look ahead to kind of see where we were actually heading. Up ahead, there was uh, a peak over to the right and it was getting a lot of light. And we made sure to take some a lot of photographs of this. This trail was long and it was winding. It was not switchbacks because it switchbacks. I mean, there are switchbacks in other trails here in Big Ben, but not on this one at this time. There were a lot of taller trees around here, and it was sort of like a dark green forest Mm -hmm. bespeckling the mountainside with like sharp like tan and orange and gray colors coming through and like an occasional red boulder just like shooting up. And the moon is still out. She's still shining bright up there in the sky because it was pretty early for us to be, you know, doing this. I love when the moon is still out there Mm -hmm. in the morning. Mm -hmm. I love, love, love that. She's just checking in. We do finally make it up to what we're calling the second section, the saddle. So this is the part where we can sort of see a mesa more fully. This was what I had mentioned just before is this this thing sort of seemed like this from below, but now we had a much better vantage of it. And so we could kind of get a clearer picture of what it actually was looking like. There are much wider switchbacks up here that begin to wind us around and we can see more rock formations up here and in the distance. And there's a lot of light on them as the sun is, is really starting to kind of creep up in the sky at this point. As we approach the saddle, we like finally get to, it's definitely like saddling between two areas of mountains here. Mm -hmm. And we walk up a little bit to the left and like finally like we're able to see over the other side Mm -hmm. of the saddle and just take in everything that has been, that is on the other side. And holy cow. (laughs) And holy cow indeed. So this was like welcome to Jurassic Park. This was that moment. Like dramatic moment of music. It felt like the Nepali coast. Like it could have like with the way the light was and the green, obviously there's no like beautiful ocean around, but it did feel like, oh, I could fly a helicopter in here and I could, I could totally, this would be Jurassic Park in a minute. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in doing only a portion of this trail, because for time, whatever reason, what time, you. what have you, going up to this saddle to see this view. It's great. Absolutely worth and it. And so worth it. And then turn around and come back and you get views literally the whole time. Mm-hmm. I do love a trail where one can get views the whole time. Yeah. And this view was so special and so full of like, everything on the other side that you don't get from the road yeah it was still very very early light it was beautiful the way the light was hitting everything because mm-hmm. we're talking like peaks dramatic it was just in dramatic. The, to the right peaks to the left yeah. peaks in the distance a giant valley like I, I mean and then there's also like clouds like floating by and yeah. also some smoke like near the peaks i mean it was spectacular yeah again yes i would put it with nepali coast i'd put it with the top of the smokies mm-hmm. i would also put it with um scouts lookout scouts lookout also the um w- which is on angel's landing mm-hmm. um in zion i'm also going to put it 
with Haleakala, that one view when sure. the clouds rolled through. Yeah. More on that view when the clouds rolled through and Big Bend National Park in a few episodes to come. Mm-hmm. So there's a little trail up here that we noticed that goes towards the mesa that we had originally been sort of climbing up below the entire time on the initial part of the trail. And we decide, actually, like, we have a really great view from here. We definitely want to do this little jog out. It wasn't long because we could see people that had gone out that way and kind of were sitting on a rock. It's just like a better view into the valley. But we're like, the light is so spectacular and it's early enough right now. Let's keep moving and we can definitely hit that trail on the way back. And that's exactly what we did. And with that, let's take our first break. Okay, everybody. So we're playing rhyme time. Two words rhyme. You got to get them to guess what the rhyme is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. If I were to order you to put those pennies in rollers, another way I could say it would be this. What's a coin join? Oh, coin (laughs) join. Not what I was thinking, but it could work. Is sent one of the words? No. Oh, okay. What's another word for a bunch of coins? Change, change, arrange, change. Correct. Yeah, arrange, change. Arrange, okay. change. All right. Um, if I was going to the gym and I had a wooden box filled with 45s, 35s, 25s, 10s, and 5s in them, I'd have this. A slatted wooden box. What is a plate crate? I'll take that. I was going to say weight crate. Oh, a weight crate. A weight crate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. If this bird of the barn or snowy variety hit a ball outside of the um, the lines of the baseball diamond, what would we call this? What's an owl fowl? That's right. If you were really sneaky and good at stealing things, it would be called this. The first word is like a little bit of a $10 word, but I think you can get it if you get the second one. Is thief one of the words? Not thief, but... Theft? Uh-huh. What is bereft at theft? Mm-mm. What is... Um, yeah, I don't know. What is deft theft? Deft theft. Mm-hmm. Theft. <laughs> theft. <laughs> deft theft. Uh-huh. Great. Great. And that is rhyme time. So now we're moving into the third section of this hike which we're calling the switchbacks Mm -hmm. because that's what they were. Yeah, and they had a pretty consistent grade, a very mildly sloped incline. But the difference here is that it's more forested here and there are a lot of boulders covered in lichen kind of our entire way up the trail. So it changed. The the whole kind of environment of the trail has shifted at this point here. The lichen was stunning. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of photos of the lichen, mostly to sort of just test focus. Yeah. And so you weren't distracted. (laughs) Right, right. There were a lot of signs on this trail about not cutting through the switchbacks uh, in order to create create a shortcut or a desire path because of erosion. Because anytime our feet go anywhere, it's erosion. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is always a good practice to not do. Yeah, the, the signs in the park were interesting. Like, it's so funny. Some parks have signage. Some parks have Karens. The parks here in Big Bend were these kind of mes- rusted metal signs that had these 
carve outs essentially in them to have the letters be the negative. So it was like they were kind of welded or not welded out, but like cut out, like laser cut out of them, I guess. So this was like an interesting signage system that I had not seen in mm-hmm. another park. At this point on the trail, both panorama views are in full view. Mm-hmm. We're getting panorama view that we got from the saddle where it's coming up. We're seeing it from a higher vantage mm-hmm. as we climb the switchbacks. We're getting the original panorama view yep. from off to the other side. And it's wild to be able to take in both at the same time. Yeah, it was Another very reason cool. that this trail is so beautiful and wonderful. Um, it's interesting too, because again, we're pretty early on the trail. We had hiked up with, there were a few people that were sort of in front of us and then they paused and then they were the folks that were off on the little jet off at the saddle. They decided to go that way first, but we hadn't really run into anybody else, but we could hear voices on the switchbacks here. So it was really interesting just because of the way this layout was and how the sound was traveling that we could sort of hear people's conversations above and below us, um, but we couldn't really hear exactly what they were saying. But we do start to see some people heading back towards us, towards the parking lot. And holy cow, they must have been up early to do this hike. Oh, gosh. Really early. They took the warning of like, this hike, the parking lot fills up very quickly. So we better get there as quick as we can. We do notice along the way that there are some natural stopping points to, you know, sit and recharge if need be. We don't do any of this here, but we do sort of clock them as we continue our way up. This is definitely feeling more switchbacky than that gentle slope up to the saddle. There are also a lot more log steps and Mm -hmm. like stone walls along these switchbacks as we um, are going up and getting incline. Yeah. Yeah, gaining incline. You, there's, they've made them into stairs. They have, um, you know, made them into walls. It's, you know, happening all the way up. Yeah. This is also where we start to see um, cactuses in blue and they're beautiful. <laughs> it like, this is a, I don't actually think I've seen a cactus in real life in bloom outside of maybe like a greenhouse situation. And it was really just beautiful to see this in nature. And this was small potatoes compared to what we were going to be experiencing when it came to blooms. As we continue hiking, we do chat with a couple um, who noticed both of our cameras. We had a full on conversation with them about birding and also cameras. He noticed my mirrorless camera and he was like, oh, that's really cool. Is that like, is that a film camera? Because it does have a body that looks like it could be, like it's not very... um modern, I guess, in its look. So we got chatting about that. And then we started talking about birding. And because they saw your camera, plus your binoculars, also just like kind of the national parks in general. And again, it's always I love being on the trails to be able to just have these conversations and invest in these conversations, because they're often brief. And people if they want to have them are more than generous to just give a little of their time here. And so this was great. So the higher we climb here on the trail, the more we encounter and the more rock staircases on the trail, we do get to this very large boulder that is covered in lichen. Took a ton of photos of it. I mean, you can't really miss it. No. Like, we walked right. We had yeah. to walk around it, kind yeah. of. But we do finally make it to the top of the switchbacks, and the sun is out. But because it's still the morning, the sun is not overhead. No. The sun is but to the it's side. Creeping. But it's, yeah. But it is out. Because it was early morning and because it is the desert, we were pretty well layered. We were. We had pants on with shorts under them 
We had long uh-huh. sleeves with t-shirts on under them. We had warm hats and gloves with us. That's right. We had a and lot so, going on. Um, this became like, as we climbed, what can we take off? Right. What article of clothing is coming off? It's like strip hiking. <laughs> That's right. It was a little bit like strip hiking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And especially here because we were really feeling the heat and um, it was starting to become time. Yeah. So we do finally make it to the fourth section, what we're calling the fourth section of the psych, which is the ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where we see another hiker in the very small amount that we'd seen on the trip on the trek already, who tells us that we are almost there, which is also always kind of always the worst <laughs> sort of information to hear You're from almost somebody. There. Because is it, it the really... worst or is it the best? I don't I know. I mean, we could debate this yeah, because I, like getting the like, you're I, almost there feels good. It's rather all about than, context. It's not too much further. I guess so. Or like, it's only know. like 15 more you're minutes. You're almost there like, on what the even Grinnell mean? Glacier Overlook. Like that is like, no. That's torture. Don't tell me that unless it's like. That's like, making fun of me. Five feet away. That's Like insulting. that's you're almost there. Yeah. So I do feel like that's kind of a phrase that you have to take with a grain of salt. You're almost there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I appreciate the hikers who come down and they see, you know, that you're struggling and they're like, yeah, it's really tough. And I hate to tell you, but you still got a ways to go. Yeah, we do that now. We do that now. Yeah. I appreciate those people. But Let's you also, be because you kind of time the hike, can also say, well, we we started our descent at this time and it's this time now. Yeah, so that's true. Just think about that on the incline. So up on the ridge, it's now rock that's underneath us mostly. It's a bit of a straight shot to the terminal point of this hike. And um, this path is relatively flat and a little bit foresty. Um, As we walk the foresty section, um, that begins to fall away and then the rock becomes a little bit more sloped. It does kind of have like a very like Champlain Mountain and Acadia feel to it. Mm -hmm. At least like this particular peak. Yeah, yeah, right here. On this trail. But the views... Yeah. So like the valley view that we got when we got to the top of the saddle was incredible. But this is like, oh, you're seeing the valley at a higher vantage. Also, you're seeing the entire ridge line across from where you were standing on the saddle even clearer. And there are more like rock outcroppings that are just incredible to view um, as we are just standing here on this ridge line. We didn't have to go that far to get views. Again, you could stop right here and turn around if you wanted to, but it's worth it to keep going if you have the time and can. We get to an outcropping that requires some incline and we can see the summit not too far in the distance here. This is just like honestly such a treat to have first thing in the morning (laughs) and such a treat to be the first hike that we got to experience here in the park. And with that, let's take our second break. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage... Carlotta Salesman. I'm really proud of this name, mm-hmm. Carlotta Salesman. Mm-hmm. It's good. It is a good name, yeah. It's a very good name. Mm-hmm. Okay, who is Carlotta Salesman? I think she's camp. She's got to be funny. Right. There's I no s- world where she's she's serious No, artist. no, no. I do feel like she is... I mean... <laughs> drag is, is artwork, but I'm saying like I think camp and humor is part of that artwork. I do feel like it's a Victor Victoria situation though, where it's a drag queen that then becomes a drag king. Like it's like a, a hat oh. wearing a hat sort of situation. Oh, interesting. It's a queen who's oh. dressed as a who's dressed as a man. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Starts as a queen 
starts as like starts looking femme and then moves into looking mask. Interesting. It's my um, could you fold up with regular please? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So um, I mean, whenever I hear Carlotta, I do think of Phantom of the Opera because Carlotta <laughs> is the like prima donna sure, diva, yeah. and I'm wondering if it's like Christine Dye could sing it. <laughs> well, that's not Carlotta, but that's no, some I other know, person, I know, right? I know. It's Meg. It's Meg. Right, yeah. right. Don't. That's some other person. Christine Dye can sing <laughs> the, the it. Theater, the theater queers are coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know that it's Meg. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted something on Instagram from like the Majestic Theater that was just like it was something written on a wall or a bathroom or something that was like I've never known loneliness like this. Somebody had written that on some wall. <laughs> Somebody posted and wrote, "Clearly Meg wrote this." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah. well, because she keeps getting abandoned by Christine to yeah. go meet up with some mystery person in yeah. the basement." Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. Carlotta. You thought you were getting yeah. <laughs> national you parks today, yeah. and you. You also got Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I feel like this is Carlotta, a la Carlotta from Phantom of the Opera. So she's an opera singer. Whips herself into a used car salesman. Okay. <laughs> so she's got the like... Um, Quick change queen. <laughs> but she also has the, like the plate armor from the beginning of the show yes. with the elephant. <laughs> all of that. And then she's in a suit. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Ready to sell a car. Ready to sell a car. That's her. Mm-hmm. I think like... Carlotta salesman. Carlotta is her is like like the salesman is sort of like her uh you know like her Clark Kent. Sure. Yeah, her alter ego mm-hmm. that she has to play in real life. Her Jerrica Benton, if you will, <laughs> right? Sure. Who's very, very good at catering. catering. Very yeah. good at catering. Yeah. You have to be in this cutthroat world. That's right. Um, Jerrica always was. But yeah, okay, great. I do feel like there's like plenty of car songs that she could sing, but it'd be operatic. Yeah. They would be sung like Live. Little Red Corvette, like operatic. Mm, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. Grease Lightning. <laughs> yes. But operatic. But operatic. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. And then... um. Her merch could be like, uh, maybe like it's a set of keys. That oh, is I like think it's like um, a keychain with like a, a, a lucky rabbit's opener. foot on it. Oh, and it's like all the kitschy sort of like oh, okay. keychainy things that okay. you would like a lucky rabbit's foot, a bottle opener, like yeah. What else? You're saying this like it's a category of things, and yeah, I would oh, never I think put like a, a little, lucky rabbit's like, foot I think on a, a keychain. Little, um, but okay. I think like a little Swiss army knife is on there too. This is becoming expensive merch. <laughs> Maybe well, she's elevated. She is elevated. <laughs> she's, she's got elevated. that sponsorship. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's elevated. Um, yeah, she's, she's got, the got the sponsorship, sponsorship. from Phantom. <laughs> and Swiss army apparently. <laughs> Swiss army. Okay, great. So, um, and so she sings live and she's got like, you know, helpful designer keychains as her, um, merch. Yeah. Okay, great. And so, Thadies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Carlotta Salesman. You know, I was thinking we could 
her last name could be Zalesman. And oh, then we she's could a sales diamond. Z- diamonds in mm-hmm. some way. Oh, Lord. None of these people are sponsors. <laughs> okay, great. So now we are at the fifth and final section of this hike, which is the summit. Yeah. We've made it to the summit. Five sections. It's only a few hundred feet to the summit from where we were. And um, we leave the rock outcropping. We make it up to this peak. And it's even more of a view. There's this kind of standing rock formation that's off to the right. And it almost feels sort of like a hatchet or a cleaver of rock. And it's like essentially just a fin. Um, but it is gigantic. And the and light it, is perfect. And the light is perfect. Time. We're in full panorama mode. Really kind of on almost on all sides. It's you're getting like everything. Off to our left, it's not as deep of a view. But um, you have the valley view that we got originally from the saddle, plus where we you could kind of see back towards where we started. It definitely had that Angel's Landing sort of feeling up here. Yes, yeah. but without the like sudden death drops, drops and imminent death mm-hmm. feelings on either side, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We do get to the terminal point and we take a bunch of photos and take it all in. And there are some other people around up here. There were about seven other people at this time. One of them, he mentioned that he had uh, played rugby for Old Miss. Mm-hmm. And then I, my ears perked up and I was like, oh, well, you know, hi, I'm originally from Mississippi. Then we were talking about that. He said he was from Ohio and he came down to Oxford just to go to Ole Miss. Someone else who was there was also familiar with Mississippi because they had been stationed at Keesler Air Force Base, which is where both of my grandparents retired from. So I was very familiar with that. We also were chatting about New Jersey. There was someone in the crowd that said she was originally from Memphis, but had lived for 10 years in South Orange, New Jersey, which was like, of course, because Jersey people are everywhere. everywhere. And everyone was just very lovely up here. This summit is sort of like, it's not very big, so you can kind of stand around up here. But after a little while with the plenty of people that were there, it was sort of like, okay, we don't need to be like on top of everybody right now. So... We started to make our way down and mosey on back. We did. So on the way back, it was definitely getting warmer. So we started to disrobe. Mm -hmm. And let's see, you got down to a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. And I got down to shorts and a tank top. We are flying back down the trail. Yeah. uh, Because that's just sort of how it ended up this day. Like We had a pretty busy schedule of things we we wanted to achieve here. But also we were able to move pretty quickly back down the switchbacks. Right. Honestly, the pace is very quick. And we are now starting to see a lot more people come up as we're heading down. We give them sort of a distance read as far as, you know, what Dusty's watch is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is how far we've come. This is how much further you have to go as opposed to you're almost there. (laughs) Right. You're almost there. It really is better to give them distance. And it's so much better than saying, oh, maybe about 10 minutes. Like distance, I think, is a helpful thing. I agree. And as we're walking down. Yeah, I'm going to let you tell the story. We are coming around a corner, probably talking about Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and a hiker, it was like a a mom and her daughter, like um, ad- an adult daughter and her, a mom who was, you know, like our parents' age. Mm-hmm. And she stopped dead in her tracks, looked at Dusty and said, oh my God, are you a model? You look like a model for Outdoors Magazine. <laughs> and <laughs> the amount of light that like... <laughs> 
emanated into the stratosphere off of Dusty's body was wild. <laughs> that was very sweet. It of was her to say. incredibly kind. And you did look like you were like all geared up. You could have been in an REI ad. You're I well, I mean, who knows? But mm-hmm. the um that was a very, very sweet thing. My for new her campaign comes out this fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. No, we had a lovely chat with this these hikers right here, and um, they were very sweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is exactly how that moment went down. Yeah, it was. Um, hilarious. I mean, it was amazing. It, it was, was like, amazing. God, this was like the best compliment to ever receive. And I, I thanked her very much mm-hmm. for for such a sweet thing to say. Yeah. So we make it back down the switchbacks, and now we are back at the saddle, and we do that little jut-off hike Mm -hmm. that we talked about doing before, but we finally decided to do it here. And it was extremely short. We're talking like maybe 50 feet. It's not long. It's It's really just giving you a better view into the valley, but we, having done the hike already, sort of got a very good vantage of what the valley looked like. But definitely worth it. Do it on the way up, so it's not like a spoiler once you blow past it and do what we did. Still worth it, even if that's what you decide. Definitely, like Dusty said before, this is a popular stopping point for people to just like sit and wait for people um, that may be continuing on the trail. It's very exposed, though, so there's not a lot of shade, especially at this point in the day. And this wasn't even that late in the morning. And no. The sun was like, hey, I'm up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it got warm yeah. real fast, but it was such a spectacular way to experience this park on a trail for the very first time. So let's put this trail on the Karen Stone scale. Mm -hmm. So I would say this felt like a four to me. A four. Yeah. Okay. We're on different ends of the scale today, (laughs) girl. Um, this was quite a bit of incline. Yeah, um, but it was fun incline. It was I didn't fun feel incline, like, but and it was not short. It. I'm going six and a half. Okay. Yeah. I think I was just very alive in this moment. Oh, you and were. I was running on adrenaline. In my remembering of hiking this trail, it was not the most strenuous no. of, tra- of trails, but there's definitely like, you know, the incline is consistent sure uh there's definitely you know like stuff to step around and like occasionally sections that take some time Mm -hmm. but yeah so 10 10. 10. 10.5 out of 20 20 okay karen stone have these and now let's end this episode like we end all of our full-length episodes with some jeopardy style trivia all right, Mike, why don't you get us started with your trivia today? Great. My trivia is titled Lost Mind Trail Jumble. Oh. So essentially, I'm going to be using some of the letters of Lost Mine, and I will give you a clue, and you're going to guess a word that could come from those jumbled letters. Great. Great. So for 100, three letters shy of the full 13 of Lost Mind Trail, and you have this, which means someone who gets rid of things or people and could be a synonymous with Schwarzenegger's title as a killer robot. What is Terminator? Synonymous with. So it's not Terminator, but it could be synonymous with that term. Oh. Someone who gets rid of things or people. Yeah, I don't know. What is Eliminator? Eliminator. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 Great. All right. For 200, five letters shy of the 13 in Lost Mind Trail, and you have this, perhaps a list of diseases, disorders, and sicknesses that plague you. 
a list of diseases or sicknesses that plague me. That plague anyone. That could plague anyone. Oh. Oh, I'm struggling today. <laughs> it's late, too. I don't know. Um, I don't know. If you take medicine, you often say, good for what blanks you. What are ailments? That's correct. Ah, yes. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. For 300, with six letters shy from Lost Mind Trail, you have this, a tool which could be synonymous with one that Peter, Paul, and Mary sung about. What is hammer? Synonymous with. What is? It's soft-tipped, too. Um, what is a mallet? That's correct. Okay. For 400, keep eight of the 13 letters of Lost Mind Trail, and you'll end up with this type of bulbous fruit. One variety in particular was a favorite of Gallagher's to smash. Who's Gallagher? He was a comedian who used a mallet to smash this type of fruit that's often eaten in the summertime. What is a watermelon? What is a melon? What is a melon? Okay. Okay. And lastly, lose all of the letters but three from the Lost Mine Trail and you'll end up with this type of deciduous tree that also finds its way in a horror movie title with the villain Freddy Krueger. What is elm that's correct oh great there you go all right and that's lost mind trail (laughs) trickier than i thought it was (laughs) (laughs) yes okay great so my category is called clues from the lost mine oh so like legends of the hidden temple (laughs) a little bit there's poetry involved oh so someone was feeling the bard himself this season (laughs) so i was thinking about how the lost mine kind of feels like a place where things that we once interacted with go and now they live there. I'm thinking specifically about toys from childhood, specifically in the 90s. So in the style of if you wandered into a lost mine and found like scrolls that had like poetry on it Mm -hmm. that gave you hints or clues about what something was... That's what these clues are. So you're going to get like a poem that you might find inside of a lost mine. And that poem is going to point to a 90s toy. Wow. (laughs) This is involved. This is a hat wearing a hat wearing a hat wearing a 90s toy. Welcome to Very Tough Jeopardy by Mike and Dusty today. I don't know that this is going to be that tough though. Okay. So for 100. It's like the rules of Settlers of Catan though. (laughs) That's for sure. For 100. A screen with no light, black and gray are the shades. A tool for an image in a crimson frame. Like a compass, the dials will guide your way. Beware the sand, their granules shall erase. What is an etch-a-sketch? That's correct. Okay, so that's how we're doing it. Got it? Yep. Okay, for 200. Salonum tubersum with a friendly face. A bowler hat, pink ears, and a mustache do make the pieces of the person together to combine this root vegetable personified. Who is a Mr. Potato Head? That is correct. For 300, the offspring lay waiting their moment in the light to be born in the garden with rosemary and thyme. In the place of green leaves, these young ones will birth. A collectibles item now in its original package might still have worth. What is a Cabbage Patch doll? That is correct. Also, I feel like if someone was to stumble upon this, 
like recording in the future, they would, <laughs> the way that they are written does feel like it is like a treasure map trail. That's exactly yeah. what I was going Good for. Good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for 400, an ovum shaped vessel bisected at length shall reveal viscous contents that never lose strength. Tis now the stuff of memory, an implement of lore, now used to retrieve dust from a keyboard. Okay, so honestly, I think you and Dan Brown have been writing partners <laughs> because it feels like they're Da Vinci Code clues. Thank you. That's what I'm feeling. Great. Like, um, it is silly putty. That what is, is silly putty. That is mm-hmm. correct. And for 500. <laughs> Robert Langdon, symbologist at Harvard. It's fun, though. Right? It is fun. For 500. Mm-hmm. Up and around, she soars, she glides. Spinning through the air, launched from her line. Unexpected is her course, her pathway with no aim. A traumatized young girl watches her burn in the flames. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the hell are these called? Correct. But it's like, you know what we're talking about. I know what about. I'm talking about. As soon as you started, I was like, I thought of that girl <laughs> in the fire. Right. It's so good. That video is the it's stuff so, of the internet It's such gold. trauma. <sighs> um, it's like a something dancer, like a... Yes. Um, think place. What is a fairy dancer? Where? What is an air dancer? Place. What is a, a castle dancer? A place. Air is up in the. What is a sky dancer? There you go. <laughs> a sky dancer. And yeah, we are. So we're referencing. There's a video of a girl in the '90s who has a sky dancer, and she's sitting in front of a fireplace, showing all of her family how the sky dancer works, and the thing launches up and goes right into the fire. <laughs> And I was like, I would have died if that were me. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard, and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the national parks at gmail.com. To find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gaze at the national parks.com. That's gaze, G A Z E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Sklios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey.